Welcome to episode 67 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm Rod. I have, as no surprise to anyone, been drinking because we're doing this remotely. And this wasn't my favorite episode. However, I have learned the last few episodes as we talk through them, I dislike them less or like them more. This is going to be a fun episode, mainly because of how much of a lightweight I am now and how my brain is putting things together and i'm jc and my only disappointment is that when we decided to go from trying to truncate episodes into single episodes for multi-part ones that we do not actually ever hit episode 69 in the series (laughs) until the launch of x-men 97 because technically that is still the same continuity for us so season six Episode one is going to be episode 69, but we have to wait until the fall for that. There you go. Look, look forward to that one. Look forward to the funny number. Look, being. Looking forward to 69. <laughs> Cyclops is waiting for me as our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, and posting them online in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which is coming to Disney Plus later this year. This is our second to last episode of this show, and that feels very weird to say rod that is really wild that we've watched the whole show now minus the very last episode which we're hoping to have something special for in about 14 months we went through the entire show it's only been 14 months it's funny because it it feels both like sorry sorry 15 months because our first recording session was january of last year okay yeah it's still just wild to think about like re- not only re-watching the show but going like going back through and picking through them in detail I mean, we spend more time going through the show than almost every episode. In certain cases, double or once or twice nearly triple the length of those episodes. Yeah, that is also partially, if not a lot, to do with my tangential (laughs) thought processes. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it was because of the Nightcrawler episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there there was, uh, yeah, Nightcrawler month, so... Yeah, Nightcrawler episode definitely skewed our average episode length. (laughs) Every Joe on the show so far gets a month. (laughs) And some quick reminders, we're a recap show about a series that started now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want spoiled for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. We're currently not sponsored or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way. However, Disney, we have one episode left to go. And we're recording in like two weeks, so that doesn't work because the episode (laughs) will have already been recorded by the time this one goes live. If you want to do it after the fact. I, I'm not picky about when the bill comes. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok if that still exists, Twitter if that still exists, and Facebook. Yeah, social media is weird right now. And of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast services if you just kind of randomly came across this. Also, full episodes are posted to YouTube and to Facebook in case you weren't aware. Finally, we record these episodes in batches. So if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we're going to be behind. We got no news. I think the only thing that's kind of a little bit of news is I believe a press release and maybe another podcast had or show had revealed loose general details about the 97 series was that magneto was going to take over the x-men i think we all kind of knew that by this point and we knew that from san diego in in the summer yeah and then sinister is going to be the main villain sure that is if, if that's the case that is 
new. I, I definitely saw his artwork, but I don't remember hearing he was going to be the main villain. I only mentioned that because you'll see how of, relevant that is. Of this episode? Yeah. <laughs> and also, thinking about that out loud, once again, makes this episode a little bit better for me than I had originally evaluated. I don't know words right now. <laughs> now on to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 9, titled Descent. It aired September 6, 1997, and currently sits at a seven point, currently sits at a 7.5 star rating on IMDb. 97, man. Are you having a stroke? No, I'm just drunk. Uh, <laughs> you missed the point earlier before we started recording where I asked Lucy, my cat, for anybody who's just listening. Well, everybody's just listening. We don't have video. If she was, if she was good. Anybody like, who's a new listener? Lucy's my cat. Uh, yep. I was like, oh, we're going to record one more episode. Is that okay? And then she just yawned at me, so... That's how exciting I am. But yeah, this second to last episode, I would argue... Now, I haven't watched the very last episode yet, Graduation Day. I would argue that this sets up 97 better than what I remember of Graduation Day. But I guess we'll find out next week. We'll find that out next week. So one comment before we get into this episode. The greatest thing I think could have been said by Eric Leewald and the writer of the episode was, I'm not sure why they let us do it. They were happy they got to do the episode, but they're not sure why they were allowed to, which is awesome. Allowed to, like, the story or just do this many episodes? This story. Oh, okay. Oh, like, is that the, the, the topic of eugenics? <laughs> well, I think it was more of just, like, you have the second to last episode of the show, and it does not have a single X-Men until the last 20 seconds of the episode. I didn't even think about that. And it was basically an origin story for a villain that we won't be able to revisit in that time period. Not in that time period. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't remember if Sinister appears in graduation day at all, but yeah, no. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that I think that goes back to what I said last episode or not last two episodes ago. I'm I'm finally keeping my timeline straight. Two episodes ago when I said I think this, there's a section of these episodes at the end that you could watch sprinkled throughout the rest of the show, not necessarily in this timeline like this order. Right, and it may make more sense because if you saw like this episode before seeing Sinister in the other, or even during the Sinister things, it might not better, but it just it would have made as much sense as it does now. But this episode opens up with Big Ben striking. I have midnight. That sounds wrong because it was daytime. Was it noon? I guess. No, it was at night. It was at night. Okay. Oh, it was at night. Drinking, and I think that was a shorthand of we're in London. It was uh, we're in London, and. <laughs> Based on the way that people were dressed, I was like, oh, 1800s. And then immediately after, it shows that it was 1888. Yeah. So I was like, okay, dope. Yeah. I I have my relative time frame of vintage clothing picked apart in my head. So I did great there. Yeah. It, it, once again, maybe it's just a testament to, you know, the tropes that were going around when we were kids watching a show or like our predispositions or whatever. But I got the same impression. And also in this next shot where there's like a lone woman kind of like evading a stranger chasing her. I was like, oh, like, this is very reminiscent of the Jack the Ripper stories. Let's hold on to that thought for later. <laughs> but then she does run into the guy that's been kind of in the shadows tracking her and he has like glowing red eyes. And then yep. I was like, oh, okay, it's sinister then. Or some other bad guy because that's red eyes in this universe. Something very important from this is, you know, we obviously, let's not beat around the bush. There is some allusion to Jack the Ripper here, no doubt. And it's actually sprinkled throughout the episode really well. So you see this this person run away who almost gets to this woman. They're running from the cops. And then we find out that it is, it is in Whitechapel. And that is the area, the District of London, where Jack the Ripper was known to be. 
Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it is it is not even a is this Jack is it's like no, they are definitely shy of saying the Ripper. They're this is Jack the Ripper. So this was potentially a lot of our generation's first taste of true crime. No, that's not true because we had unsolved mysteries. Yeah, but they also talked about like aliens on that fucking show, so yeah, I, my hometown was on Unsolved Mysteries. I'm not shocked. It's because, I, to my knowledge, this is still true, a frequency that makes people terminally sick. Not terminally, like, as in you're going to die, well, maybe you're going to die, but, like, you won't ever get better from it. Also, no one's left that town, so. Just you. It's literally just you. Right. <laughs> also, my health got better after I moved, so. Not saying it's related, but. But it's related. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, like. JC said, this red-eyed man is running from the cops. That sounds like a slur, and I don't know why. But this red-eyed man runs <laughs> from the cops. <laughs> and he knocks over a street cart vendor. Very I'm, violently. Yeah. So this poor guy gets knocked over. He's just starting to get up. And then this like horde of like almost comedically Benny Hill-type cops also knock over the street vendor. But several of them, like, there's not just, like, one cop. It's, like, five or six of them, like, knock over this poor street vendor. We never revisit the street vendor. He's probably got broken legs by this point. So, for, like, a half second, I legit thought that the cops were going to confuse him with the person they were chasing and beat the shit out of him. Like, there was a half-second pause of, am I picking this guy up or am I going to beat the shit out of this guy? Like, I was like, oh, are are they just going to totally mistake this guy as the red-eyed lunatic? Same. I, I thought that, too. I was like, well, what else would have been the purpose of running into him? I was like, I guess to slow him down. Yeah. That's why they couldn't catch up with his guy. Sure. And then that's when we got the title card says, it's 1888. Yes. I like that that kind of implies that that was a big, like, we didn't know. <laughs> it's a full fucking century, dude. Like I said, all I knew was 1800s. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I guess what I thought was, like, maybe they were like, well, this could be in present day, you know. Especially to American kids, like, looking at London. <laughs> True. We were and still are uncultured swine. Right. So, real quick note. The significance of nineteen eight, or sorry, of 1888, the murders that occurred were between April 3rd of 1888 to February of 1891. So, oh, so it was early Jack the Ripper timeline. Man, you know, it, it's wild is that I think if it hasn't already started happening it's not out of the question for it to happen in our lifetime of actual tragedies that we lived through becoming like pop culture fair you know because people who actually lived through the jack the ripper stuff it probably wasn't like that lax or you know fun or entertaining to talk about but now we're talking about like you know i mean space space people and our generation literally just missed the zodiac killer Dahmer, like so we're not far from having the things that happened when we were eight or nine, having that shit be pop culture from a revisiting scenario. And that was the big thing. Jack the Ripper, at the very least, was not put into pop culture until years and years later. It's not the same as like the Dahmer murders where it was like, oh, no, there are still people's families who are alive that know they lost somebody to these killers. So yeah, because that was he, he was in the 80s, right? I don't know off the top of my head if it was 70s or 80s, but it's. It's it's enough that our parents were alive when that was happening. Whether you and I were is debatable. Off the top I of my head, seeing stuff about him in the news. So if he what if his crimes weren't happening in the eighties, then something of his trial was happening in the eighties. There, right? Seeing something up. So I guess the closest thing we've come to that is like that Netflix show that kind of like sexualized him a little bit. That's that's what made me think of it yeah. being like because that's where people were saying like it's like it's pretty fucked up that you guys are making a a story about these people being killed 
and their real life relatives could see that story right now. And it's not like yeah. somebody's grandkids who never met them. It's like, no, like literally that person's mom or that person's sister is still here in yeah. in aware of everything that's going on. Yeah. So But X Men. Yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of zoom into a building where there is a Doctor Xavier. Yes. Who if you don't I guess that's why also why they put the title card of eighteen eighty eight because if you don't know that this is like a like impossible that's the same Xavier that we know. Uh, it looks like he's in some sort of like really like half ass disguise. Because <laughs> it's still the doctor the Professor Xavier like character model, but he's got like the mutton chops and the, the And the stuff. voice. Yeah, and the exact same voice. <laughs> yeah. This introduces a couple of possible weird questionable continuity things, but once again, I think because of the way the stories are set up, we're not supposed to think about it that much. Or I have some thoughts and explanations as we go through those. So. Okay, sure, there you go. Yeah. And he's, it, it, it sounds like we pick up at the tail end of a conversation where Xavier's trying to convince this, I, I guess it's like a constable or a detective. What, he, whatever, yeah, some sort of leadership position within the, the, the London police, yeah. That he knows who the, the I don't know, the killer or where this criminal is and stuff, and then the constable's like, you're trying to tell me all this was done by a man in the 60s? And yeah, and that's where we actually get the reference that is happening in Whitechapel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't yep. catch that. And then Dr. Xavier is like, you know, that Dr. Nathaniel Essex is no ordinary man. I, You'll be proud of me. I did recognize that. <laughs> Good. I'm very happy. I think I, only, I just knew it because of Essex Corp is like a sinister storyline thing. Also from Deadpool 2, it was the Essex School, which was where the Juggernaut was and stuff, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Or not the Juggernaut, the the other kid they were trying to... Yeah, yeah. which I guess is potentially going to be revisited now that Deadpool's a Disney princess. He basically says, you know, he doesn't believe that Essex is human anymore, and then he kind of gives the, you know, philosophical maybe he never was, and that he's been tracking him all over the world. It's not creepy at all. (laughs) To end up back in London. Right, it was always with you all along. I don't know where that moral of the story is. It's it's the murders we had along the way. There you go. <laughs> I will give them credit with the writing on this. There's this clever back and forth of the A and B storylines. So as Dr. Xavier is telling this story, we're seeing the chase of the Jack the Ripper type guy running on the streets. So we're kind of being implied that this is Essex being chased by the cops and stuff. And Yeah, that was, that was the impression I got that it was... It was actually it was actually sinister. Who was Jack the Ripper? That's what I what impression I was getting out of this. Yeah, and I've made a note here that I like that there was the I don't know if it's just '90s trope, but especially '90s cartoon trope where the villain is nice enough to wait for the cops to catch up before he keeps running right. instead of getting a lead. Yeah, and Xavier says that he first met Essex in 1859 when he saw him speak at something that Darwin was attending, which well. Sorry, clarification on that. He knew Essex because he was the doctor for the Gray family that Sinister, or sorry, Essex was married to the daughter. And yes, that is relation to Jean Gray's family. Oh, okay. I didn't put that together. But you know what I did not have in my 2023 bingo card? Darwin showing up in the X-Men animated series. Charles 90- Darwin, not yeah. not mutant Darwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they reference Origin of Species. I'm guessing that's a public domain book because they didn't have to blur out the cover like they did with Beast reading the book. It is very much a public domain <laughs> book. Yes. And so, not only is he a cameo, Darwin comes back a couple times and is kind of pivotal <laughs> to a lot of Sinister's like origin story. Which I don't know if that was 
from comics or was ever addressed in the comics, but that is wild to think about. It makes a ton of sense. And, and granted, I have not read any of the books that had to deal with Sinister's specific origin. By the way, you could leave this in. I just saw Rod's cat get up and walk and almost thought she was going to jump onto the keyboard of, of his piano. So I had a small heart attack. She does like to play little solos for her. Yeah, every now and then. But yeah, it has always been a part of him. The belief of what evolution is, how it can be kickstarted within generations and stuff like that. So Darwin was obviously influential, especially Essex being a man of science in London in the 1850s. That part I, I do know is accurate. Yeah, so I feel like the way that this show is set up, it, it would have been like really easy. And what they normally do is be like, oh, I've, I've read Darwin's stuff or whatever. And then that influenced him to do this. Yeah. Him actually like having several interactions with Darwin is almost to the level of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you know, historical figures like Tom Sawyer's part of our crew. <laughs> It was just wild. I mean, it was still cool. They, did, I, did, I think they did it pretty well. Once again, I guess, you know, enough time has passed that, like, Darwin's family is probably not trying to defend his depiction in X-Men the Animated Series. I mean, I, th I think it goes into when you're of a certain public perception, like, you, you can't defend it, actually. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, like the president or something, right? Like, you're such a widely known name or whatever. Yeah, and I think as long as you're not, you know, slandering or, or something like that to the person, like, you can't really do it. Yeah. Well, so then again, Darwin probably would have just given up by the time he started seeing, <laughs> you know, cartoons and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. And so they're in this, like, lecture hall, basically, hearing Essex give his, uh, I don't know, I guess, dissertation or something about his theories and stuff. I like this detail. I don't know if it was just me that noticed or this is super purposeful. All the, not all, but a good chunk of the characters in the background are straight up sleeping, <laughs> which I thought was a great touch. Because they did talk about him being a little bit of a heretic during that time. Right. So much so that even Professor Xavier was kind of religious. We'll see well, more examples of that. James Xavier, not James Charles Xavier. Xavier. Sorry, yes. Dr. Xavier, not Professor Xavier. Yes. Dr. Xavier is even a little... So that, that time period was so early on that even an Xavier was somewhat... Re or even if he wasn't He was religious, super religious. Well, like, religious religion was, like, folded in with the science. It was, like, right. one and the same. And so it... It made sense to me that people wouldn't take what Essex said seriously because that speech, even in the 90s timeline of the X-Men, would have been a little bit edgy, you know, up until the point they actually saw the X-Men in action a lot. Mm -hmm. So back in the 1800s. But it's just crazy to think that it's just people like asleep because they think it's so it's not even absurd. It's just like not true and boring. It's like you're just listening to a lunatic and they just I mean, granted, there are there are aspects of it that there were definitely the fanatics who did this. But we also in hindsight, have learned that certain ways that, like, not everybody believed the Earth was flat. Not everybody was vocally against evolution. But there were, like, the super religious types who were like, oh, yeah, evolution wasn't a thing. I mean, literally, we still know it that there are people... Yeah, there's still people fighting that today. A number that's not zero. <laughs> yes, something that is greater than zero. So Essex in this lecture says that mankind is overdue for the next evolutionary step because, and he kind of has a little bit of argument with Darwin about this, is because it's called natural selection, things that have stayed in like the natural progression, it would be logical for them to go through the natural selection process. But since humans have kind of like removed themselves from the natural process with like industrialization and things, that humankind is due for like an, I guess, unnatural evolutionary step. And Darwin's like, oh, back it up. 
<laughs> that's not what I was talking about. Right. And I, I had to hear Darwin kind of out of boys Essex. Yeah, I mean, he 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 basically is like, oh yeah yeah, and then he warns him. He's like, yeah, maybe chill with the shit you're saying out loud as we're walking through these hallways. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot about that. He he, he was kind of in not cahoots, but he's like, you and me know this, but if you don't want to be burned at a stake, keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. His his phrasing was to be cautious about free thinking. I wish that that was an outdated warning (laughs) the problem is now free thinking is actually not free thinkers so they kind of co-opted that phrase well it's not even free thinking it's just like i was talking to my brother about this and if for some reason you haven't listened to the other episodes my brother's a pastor our whole thing is like no matter i think it's important to give that in case there are people who aren't listening to every episode whatever your beliefs are a core human aspect that's more mature or at least grown up is to be have at least have the empathy to see other people's perspectives even if you don't agree with them and i think that's more of like that is more that than free thinking it's it's like maybe your beliefs don't line up with someone's lifestyle and that doesn't affect you (laughs) maybe chill the fuck out but yeah and then we haven't said yeah this was all like after the lecture they're like talking as yeah they're walking through a hallway and I thought this was a, I mean, I, this wasn't a complete surprise because they're all in the same room, but it was even more wild for Darwin to introduce Dr. Xavier to Essex. I was like, the, the X-Men characters interacting with real life historical figures is <laughs> crazy to me in the context of the show. So in this X-Men canon, Mr. Sinister gets introduced to Xavier's grandfather, I guess, or grandfather? Think grandfather. The way the age, the way the, the age breaks down, I I mean, we could look it up, but why would we do that? By Charles Darwin, in the middle of his book tour for Origin of Species. This is like wild. <laughs> During the time of Jack the Ripper, this is so much stuff that's happening right now. Okay, so th- this is definitely happening. So it, it, this is getting better the more I talk about it out loud, because it sounds insane. Speaking of not looking stuff up, I did just look stuff <laughs> up. Yes, Charles Darwin was absolutely a part of the formal character history of the comic book version of sinister as well gotcha i mean yep. i guess attracts it's just a little it was like a rare circumstance in this show something like that and this is where i got the impression that xavier had a little bit of a, like a religious belief and stuff because oh uh, he wasn't subtle about it dude he starts talking about immortal souls and shit like that no he definitely <laughs> was religious and then i don't think they ever come back to this but darwin seems sick he keeps coughing? He was coughing. Was this the tail end of Darwin? Like, because I don't know enough about him as a yeah. historical figure to know when he died. So I didn't know if they were going to take in the reaction of, like, Sinister starts proposing these theories to Darwin, but then, di- like, Darwin dies before we could actually get the resolution of it. Something like that. Yeah, or Sinister, like, cures him, or, I don't know. At this point in the series, it could be anything from, like, Darwin coughs once, it turns out he's a Florkin or something, you know? You had to go with the Florkin. Well, that's because that's the only time I, in my head that I think of somebody like coughing and they end up being like something crazy. Right. Eat sinister. End of episode. Thanks for watching. <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would have been a hell of an end of the episode, no doubt. And then after Darwin leaves, Dr. Xavier asks Essex about Rebecca, which we figure out through the context clues is Essex's, Essex's I'm going to say sinister, sinister's wife. There you go. Who is being treated by Xavier because in this time it was not formal or like it was essentially a conflict of interest to treat your own loved ones which i guess there's probably some merit to that i mean considering what we see later in the episode about the dude literally conducting experiments on his own wife yeah yeah (laughs) so we don't know a whole bunch about rebecca i'm not familiar with her if there's any comic stuff she's part of the gray family okay so 
Wow. So, Sin- okay, this is giving me greater context for like when Sinister appeared earlier in the show. Sin- Sinister was married to a relative of Jean. Yes. And that's how he was kind of aware of Jean Grey's family lineage and her. I have not read enough yeah. of the Wikipedia entry to answer that formally. But, I mean, I think like even just in the context of this, like, of this show. show. Yeah. It's like, well, that gives enough of a history of like why you would target like the specific woman and her husband and stuff. And the fact that she has, you know, the one of the strongest psychic abilities on the planet. That also helps. Oh, man. Now that makes me want... Okay, well, well later on, something else happens to Rebecca. I have another insight that I just thought of. But right now, though, it also makes me wonder, was Rebecca targeted by Essex? Because I'm not sure. I, don't I, I didn't get the impression that he was going down the dark route until he wasn't able to treat his own wife. I think that was kind of the inflection point that made him go dirty with his process. Gotcha. Anyway, so now we kind of have like the the whatever the reason that Sinister is like going on his his mission. Right. And he also straight up accuses Dr. Xavier of not knowing what's wrong with her. And I was listening to a friend's podcast called 30 Morbid Minutes and <laughs> A great it, it's a great great podcast shout shout out to elisa and jessica for that one it is an awesome podcast but they started talking about there was something from london roughly at this time frame that was listing causes of death and what we would eventually learn them to mean and then like certain things that were just like oh yeah it was because they inhaled like too much smoke and that's what killed them and stuff like that so it's totally plausible that there were things that we could diagnose today that back then they were just like it's the shakes and it's like that doesn't actually have a cure to, to, to stop the shakes well, and wasn't that something similar like maybe in a similar time period consumption ended up being like tuberculosis that was one of the things that gets mentioned in that particular episode yes totally unrelated to the last few years of what the real world has been dealing with <laughs> that was kind of my argument for when these new you know pandemic stuff comes up not saying that we won't eventually figure out how to better handle things but right at the current moment with the information we have maybe we err on the side of safety (laughs) nope that's going to be my ongoing way of thinking personally (laughs) so even though now it sounds ridiculous of like oh they had the shakes back then well if you didn't know and you did something that didn't hurt anybody else and it kept it maybe kept you safe We'll figure that stuff out later, but let's err on the side of safety. I mean, I I don't remember particularly what year it was discovered, but they didn't know that germs were a thing up until like the last 200 years, I want to say. Yeah. So like, like literally they did not know that germs existed and spread through the air. So, yeah. And we don't, and we don't know what we don't know now, you know, exactly. I I personally, I won't get too much into it, but I have a thing that I dealt with like pretty much my whole life since I was like a teenager. And then it wasn't until my late twenties, early thirties that <laughs> they were like, we've been studying this thing for 10 years. Turns out it's a thing. You most likely have it. Cool. So for 15 years of my life, I was being treated for something else. Yep. And then it wasn't until like my mid late thirties that there was like stuff developed that like could actually kind of help me out or whatever. So it was like, we discover new things. That's what science is. And then we update the information. It doesn't stay the same forever. Anyway, we're an X-Men podcast. So even though Doctor Sinister, Mister Sinister, lashes out, is kind of like that TV version of lashing out. He like immediately apologizes. He's like, I don't know what came over me. You know? Also, I, I think that that fits into the the classic. He is a well-to-do person within the British society too. So mm-hmm. even if he doesn't believe it, he still has to pretend he's calm. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to happen. 
like true, it, yeah. like he still has to put on the facade. Yeah, and also he probably, if he's wealthy, he probably is used to just getting things fairly quickly. Yeah. So it's probably extra frustrating to not have control over something like that. I mean, for anybody, but let alone someone who's used to getting it their way all the time. Well, and then the 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 modern version of Sinister in the comics is very much like on the you know the seats of Krakoa, which is the governing body there. And constantly, as soon as he is not in the room with them, and he starts doing his like whole like self monologue thing, all he does is talk about how every one of them is an idiot and dumber than him. So it's <laughs> so he definitely believes he is smarter, especially than the guy who can't figure out what's wrong with his wife. Yeah, and to his credit. He was right, because I think Xavier, to himself in an inner monologue later, says that he didn't have the heart to admit that he didn't know what was wrong with Rebecca. Yeah. Which, that's another whole ethical problem. Like, if you're this woman's doctor and you're not telling anybody that you don't know what's wrong, like, it's a problem. Leeches! <laughs> Give her more leeches! Right. right. Like, holy cow. I understand protect- protecting your profession, but, like, how long have you been, you know, not treating this woman <laughs> who's dying? And then we see... Sinister go to his wife alone and he needs to take another blood sample from her. She is surprisingly lighthearted for being terminally ill. Oh, that's because they were giving her fuck tons of opium off camera. That's probably true, actually, especially for the time period or God knows what else. Right. I'm, I'm like, going with opium. Like, well, the, those elixirs had everything in them, right? It was like, it was yeah, like liquid opium. And, <laughs> and so she asked if she's his wife or guinea pig. And I was like, that was dark. Yep. <laughs> and then he just. But also of, she's high as fuck. So it's okay. Right. And so he's like, oh, that's funny. Anyway, so and he takes more blood. Go to my asylum. <laughs> right. And in Xavier's telling of Sinister's whole like, backstory and everything, in a really diplomatic way, basically reveals that Sinister kind of recruits mutants and sells them to circuses. Is that what from, I'm supposed to get buys them from circuses? Buys them from. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was selling them to circuses. No, no. It, it was essentially like human trafficking. Is is how he was getting people to experiment on was finding somebody from these you know circuses, and he was he was essentially buying the performers who would be considered freaks. Wow, that is so much more worse than I had originally written down. No, yeah, no, he was not doing it for profit. <laughs> he was get, he was getting the people who were already anomalies. Yeah and then you know using them as a as a basis for experimentation because even if they weren't what magneto would see as homo superior they were splits in evolution so he didn't care if they were the perfect ones he just wanted to fuck with their dna so a that makes rebecca's guinea pig line way darker because this followed directly after that also it's way darker because that has happened in human history (laughs) anyway i'll leave it at that so xavier shows up and so does Darwin at Sinister's next presentation. And Sinister has kind of marketed this to be his like irrefutable evidence. It's going to be a big reveal. Yeah, that evolution has taken a huge jump within humanity. In a single generation. Yeah. And so like super accelerated. And then he calls them the men of tomorrow. That is a very of the time like description. <laughs> like that's the shit you would see at a world's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess to our credit, like our generation, we had the whole Y2K, the millennium. Remember when everything was about millennium? Like it was a Backstreet Boys album. It was like uh, Robbie. Sir, uh, that is called marketing. Right. <laughs> and that Robbie Williams song was fucking great. Yeah. yeah, no, I loved it. But that was our whole our whole aesthetic was like that neon blue light flare. Yeah, we had three years of that and then it happened and it was like, oh, shit is the exact same as the 90s. Yeah. And then the next turn of the decade was Party Pop and the, the turn of the decade after that, we had a pandemic. So. Yay! 
so they show up good in, old roaring 20s right i guess we're repeating history <laughs> wait so ooh, okay battening down the hatches for depression wow that's too real this will age right. all right <laughs> yeah I, all right that was an unintentional i think most accurate prediction you've you've made aside from kamala khan being a mutant right and that was completely by accident <laughs> so so was this <laughs> jesus okay anyway at this presentation Essex has two men who we presume are mutants because that's what he's kind of advertising them as to us. One of them shows that he has electrical powers, but yeah, he has like static electricity, basically. Yeah, so he's able to like kind of lift some like little nodes on a panel or something. And then another mutant who he just referred to as Mr. Flannery, and he's able to hold like a beaker and boil the water in his hand. I was kind of divided on this because I was like, so Darwin was super unimpressed, which I get because like violently unimpressed. Because they're kind of like low key. However, this is also the same time period where they still believe in things like leeches and all this, you know, like it seems proportionally it would have been pretty amazing. I guess he said parlor tricks. Maybe they're just used to the circus acts or something. Right. And I I think that's what I got out of it is like, this is the kind of stuff that people who are running circuses, people who are doing like bits on street corners and stuff like that. There's a plausible explanation as to how it's being faked Mm -hmm. is, is I think why Darwin is like, oh, you couldn't have shown me something like. If the guy made a fireball above his head, I think he would have been more impressed. But, like, all this is is a thing looks like it was pretend heated in his hand, you know? Yeah. Or I guess less sexy, but, like, in the if the real world scenario has happened, like, Sinister's a scientist or right. a doctor. And he should be able to, like, show, like, the proof of work to someone like Darwin, you know? So, like, the, the demonstration would probably be the cool act. But then also all the mechanisms proving that it was, like, not a parlor trick. I don't know what that would be because I'm not a scientist, but... Or a magician. Right. Yeah, neither of those things. Because I can't do science or lie. Sinister begs him to stay, saying that they they have the potential to have mastery of their own own bodies. It will, and he can show them proof. But Darwin's having none of it and leaves. And so I guess that's like probably like that's a vil, villain origin story, right? For Sinister, he got kind of scoffed at by his hero. Right. And, and that's the moment where he takes the leap, too. Because essentially he's saying we can become gods. And it's like right. you, you jumped from trying to prove something via science to this is for power. You do not want to become gods for selfless reasons. Which is uh, me and a few friends, you know, we always are trying to become gods. Yep. That's true. Yeah. We, we kind of joke like, yeah, just be nice to people because they might be wrong. They're probably wrong, but it only takes like one of them to be right enough. <laughs> Cause Sinister doesn't necessarily become a god, becomes enough trouble. I mean, he's kind of immortal right now, so. Yeah. But if you didn't give him that reason to prove you wrong, it would have been a very different history. Right. <laughs> so then we go back to Xavier telling the story to the constable, and they, they have like furthered their search for this person they believe to be Essex. And they come across like a really gnarly looking corpse. We only see the foot, but it either looks not human or like really messed up from whatever happened. And it's also in the East End, which is the area where Jack the Ripper was. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I think I do remember that. I don't know yep. why. They dropped in the East End. They dropped in Whitechapel, like we talked about. Mansell Street, I believe it was, in my cursory Wikipedia search. Those all line up. Oh, yeah. Then they said that they, they need to go to Mansell Street next. Yes. And then while they're going there, I think even Xavier's is like, let me tell you the rest of the story as we go along our character. <laughs> yeah, he, he point blank says, I'll finish up the story on the way. Which to their credit. It's a know, great framing are, device. <laughs> it's a great framing device. But also in that time period, those are long journeys. You know, like, mm. I don't know if you've finished Last of Us yet or any of those shows. One where, episode left. Oh, God. Okay. I mean, I, you 
I don't know if you know how. It, anyway, I'm not gonna say anything else. But any of those shows. Yeah, let's like, spoil our own show, not yeah, other people's it's, shows. It's it's not any of those shows where it's not like modern transportation. We I think we always I at least always forget like oh yeah that's not just like a five minute ride down the road like they're probably taking a decent amount of time yeah there's there's plenty of time to tell the story. He continues that Essex was expelled from the was it the Royal Society like, or was it the Gray Asylum? I couldn't figure out like what the actual name was. Didn't write it down specifically, but essentially he was expelled from the group of learned men of London. Him and Gray, Rebecca's father, became estranged, and he was just consumed with mutation as as his only thing that he studied. Yeah, so he became a recluse and became experimenting more, which, you know, check in on that guy. That's never a good sign. (laughs) Yep. And then he Uh, starts experimenting on himself. First, he, he basically watched something get created it looked like he was trying to showcase a cell splitting or a cell becoming something new and he's like basically saying like he's now a creator which again is the pursuit of being god and then he drinks a vial which turns his skin white that was my note was like essex has a breakthrough and then does something that makes him even more white than he was (laughs) (laughs) i feel like being east end of london is like that's pretty far down the spectrum (laughs) yeah so he he reaches over and he actually burns himself and then immediately recovers from from burning too. See that that should have been the presentation to Darwin, like lighting himself on fire. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He he didn't yeah, drink he the white idea. stuff yet. He didn't yeah. experiment enough on himself. He, he had to go waited. crazy first. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my note says here after his breakthrough, he goes full Frankenstein because he, he yeah he sees the thing that you said like in the microscope and he's like I've done. It. I was like wow that's a lot to put on this like tiny little discovery. But sure, I don't know how that works. Again, we are not lawyers. We are not yeah. scientists. <laughs> We are not animators. There are very few things that we actually are. The list of yeah. things we are not is longer. So and the best part, is, in, at least you know the comics. I'm not even an expert. I got to, <laughs> I'm broadly appreciative. I actually really do love this show. I just don't can't retain too much of the story. Then it, it kind of takes like a time leap, and Rebecca is just healed, and Xavier is there and doesn't know why, which is another good sign for your literal personal doctor. And then you know they they kind of like they're excited and then she's a little bit like weirdly giddy which again to our earlier joke that i don't think is as much of a joke anymore is her just having these opioids in her system that make her so happy because she's like yeah nathaniel was giving me treatments and then her dad instantly freaks the fuck out which yeah because she's (laughs) because in my head like we i don't even think we ever see proof that she's actually better she might just be high and ignoring it i mean i feel like xavier is examining her so i kind of trust dr xavier to at least know that she's not dying anymore you know to that effect i either forgot to read it or forgot to write it down earlier in the episode when he was treating rebecca he was like i had the greatest advancements in medical technology and they cut over to his like briefcase with the doctor's stuff and there's straight up like a saw in there yeah that dude, that was high tech shit back then. That was that was that was metal that probably wasn't going to infect you. I get that, but the, I guess that's what pops in my head when I think of like. But her doctor was checking her. He's like, mm, the doctor had a saw on his face. <laughs> why do you why do you not like saws, Rod? I guess he didn't use it on her that we know of. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, we actually didn't see she's missing a foot. It was replaced <laughs> by like a a fucking wooden leg. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and she laughs. She's like, "Oh, he t- promised me not to tell, but Nathaniel's been treating me." And yes, that's probably one of the times he learned like not to trust his wife with secrets. <laughs> and yeah. So father-in-law was upset. Then they pay a visit to Essex. This is still in the flashback. And my note was, he's '90s cool now. 
Yes, he has he has sunglasses on, like inside the house. Xavier's trying to speak to him. He basically says he's no longer a doctor, and then Xavier mentions everybody's concerned about his sinister experiments. And obviously it's heavy-handed, but it's like, ooh, I kinda like that. Oh, you know what? That your reply to that just made me realize what my note here meant because my note said sinister experiments when he gets knighted it's because they said your sinister experiments and then sinister was like i'll remember that when i get knighted by the queen yes that's what that note meant so he actually predicts that he's going to be knighted by the queen and then he's going to go with sinister and she's not going to find that suspicious at all (laughs) it was a different time rod (laughs) same queen (laughs) that's so fucked up So he leads Xavier to a dungeon where there are an astonishing amount of prisoners to be that confident about showing someone. the pe- All the people that he was having trafficked there. Yeah. yeah. We have seen them, not individually, but like in small groups or individuals earlier in the episode. We see them all at once. Like this is like, not that it's okay to have any prisoners, but this was like a large amount of prisoners. Yes. So the old, this is where it had to be the cartoon version of it and not what we would see in the comic books. Because in the comic books... There's this ongoing thing with Sinister of all his failed experiments, and the dude just leaves a fucking pile of corpses wherever he goes. I guess he did leave the one that we saw the story, but that wasn't even him. That was the, the henchman. Yeah. yeah and, the, and this part, well, yeah, you're saying like they're all still alive and still very vocal about not only the experiment on us. It's like, I guess he's just extracting stuff from them. Or he's doing such light stuff that it's not actually making their like bodies explode. Yeah, but it's super painful i guess because these prisoners are very vocal about like you can't you won't believe what he's doing to us and stuff and to the point where they don't trust xavier who is also a doctor he's like no no, no that's what he told us before you know i get that though <laughs> just like we've seen you guys be buddy buddy and he also said he was a doctor yeah so xavier does try to free them he like knocks the keys out of sinister's hands and tries to like free them and then they get into like a scuffle right and the two of the prisoners are able to use their one, one uses his powers to essentially push the keys to the other one, and they're able to open up all the cells and everybody runs off. Yeah, so then when the mutants all get outside, or I guess presume, I guess they're early mutants is what they are. Yeah. One of them accidentally shoots fire, and you know if Sinister was there, he's like, why couldn't you have fucking done that when Darwin was here? Yeah, seriously, you, you <laughs> fucked this up for me, sir. And if you had done this, I'd still be a hero. <laughs> And he does it in front of cops. So that's... Oh, was it cops? I can't remember actually now. It was a guy who was on a wagon. It was not necessarily a cop, no. So he was on a wagon. And he specifically called these escaped mutants the children of Hades. <laughs> yeah, so he, he calls them demons, children of Hades. And then Sinister refers to them as his children, too. Yeah, so he's like, so I am satan (laughs) yep so they end up using their powers to escape one runs into the church and xavier follows and the dude's praying and that's where we get the moment of him not believing xavier is willing to help him because of what essex did to him yeah and and he followed him into a church after he escapes (laughs) yeah they start to walk out and xavier defends him to the people saying, you know, he was essentially a victim. He's not a demon. And then points that X is the monster. And then everybody turns their attention to him. This is two times in a row now this happened. This is the one time I've had my timeline straight. So in last week's episode with Michelle, it's like the Guthrie father. You should bother them, not my son. And then deflects the X-Men. This is the same thing. Xavier's like, don't bother this poor guy, Flannery. That's the guy you want to get. (laughs) But this time it's at least accurate. Yeah, It's at least warranted here. Yeah. (laughs) He gets whacked with a shovel 
and then instantly heals. And then that, and they're all, they're also freaked out by that. I wonder what, like, what's the morning after like for this town after they witnessed all of this? I don't, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like we could joke about certain things. There is nothing in modern society that has happened that is this level of unreality taking place. Like, there's human behavior, and then there's scientifically this does not make sense. How did this fucking happen? You know. Yeah. Be careful what we wish for. Still. <laughs> Yeah, the, the it can't get any worse trope ended after the seventh time it got worse. Right. What no. was it when, they, when the government declassified all the UFO stuff and then changed the name of UFOs? <laughs> oh, to UAVs. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody was like, we don't care because it's like the seventh thing that happened this month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, remember those bees from Africa that are going to possibly kill us? Like it was yeah. it was literally like this can't get any worse. And it actually just kept getting worse every single week. The only thing, this, I guess maybe this is the Challenger universe. The, <laughs> the only equivalent to this that we would see in current days of if we had physical mass sightings of aliens, actual extraterrestrials in person <laughs> in several locations at the same time. Can't wait for this prediction to come true, Rod. Thanks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're welcome. You're fucking cursed. So Essex unleashes like a Jubilee style lash blast and then runs off. And goes back to his wife. And he tries to escape with her, but she's, I, I think she's the first person to notice that he doesn't look right, right? Yeah. She's like, what's wrong with you? Because not even Xavier, we didn't mention this before, Xavier sees Essex and he's like, doesn't mention that he has literally, not white like is in super pale Caucasian, like paper white yeah. <laughs> skin. Yeah. And so she sees it and she's like freaked out. She's like, oh my, and then she puts together, she's like, you did that to you. What did you do to me? Yeah, and then he grabs her by the wrist, and it's the, oh, you're hurting me, and then the glasses get knocked off, and that's the first time for Sinister we see the glowing red eyes. Yeah, and then that just sends her over the top. This is where I, I mentioned earlier in this episode, like, it's got me thinking, did what Sinister did to Rebecca set off the chain of events for mutant stuff to happen to the Grey family for Jean? or at least push Jean along to what she became. I think it's supposed to be ambiguous that that may have been a factor of it. Because it maybe it just healed Rebecca, but it like, yeah, and maybe she was a little older to have any like DNA, DNA changing or whatever. But So the only reason that. I would say I'd hope that that wasn't the case is Sinister ends up escaping. We're, we're skipping over a few small things, but they say that she never spoke again. So I am really hoping it like, died. yeah, there's not some like, awkward arranged thing yeah like so but yeah gotcha. but yeah he he says you know that they are going to be the adam and eve of a new genesis and i think to your point like you know that's a little bit of what he's tried to do with scott and gene too yeah he never let that go yeah and then like deadly genesis and stuff like that are, are terms that do get used in the x-men stories throughout you know the history of the books and stuff so and he escapes on horseback that's what jumps out a window and then gets on horseback <laughs> Which super like, almost swashbuckling. Yeah, <laughs> and then the the mob just burns the house down and all his notes and everything like that. I thought that was kind of hilarious. That like they saw him leave. I guess and then they're like, was, "Fuck this place!" Right. I guess their goal was both to like let out all that energy, but also like whatever he was doing here, we wanted to end. But Xavier said that he saved his journal. He got the journal. Rebecca never spoke again, and then he would continue to pursue Essex around the world. As, and then seeing kind of, I think he referred to it as the aftermath of what happened with these new men. And there was a side comment Xavier made about these mutants escaping to the sewers. And so I, to me, that said that that was like one of the earlier, like Morlock. A form of Morlock, yeah. Stories. I know this is in London, not New York, but like basically like the underground 
mutant or also probably help explain why they weren't really prevalent until the 90s in this timeline but yeah he travels around the world looking for essex and then you know like you said it was the murders that we had along the way so he's back in london (laughs) yep and he tracked essex to an upstairs flat Right. And then we get kind of a little bit of the, it can't work that way in real life, but the way it's presented to us, we think that Jack has just arrived with Sinister with the samples. They actually acknowledge that he murdered somebody. Like they said, I wanted oh, yeah. this one alive. Like it's straight up like acknowledge that it is murder. Oh yeah. And then, yeah. And Sinister calls him Jack and he's like, oh, it was Jack the Ripper. Yep. So, <laughs> and he says that he wouldn't be called Essex anymore. He is Mr. Sinister. So, I, I kind of liked it because the way it was flowing, especially at the start where, you know, you don't know if the guy with the red eyes is sinister or somebody that he has powered up. It was like, oh, is is Jack the Ripper sinister? And that was, you know, made clear throughout the episode that Ripper was essentially just a henchman of sinister in this world. Yeah. And that's how he kind of got the physical advantage he had to pull off all the crimes he did. Right in that time period yeah why he didn't get caught and such sinister never got to fulfill his destiny of revealing his name to the queen of england had to be jack the ripper you don't know that (laughs) well you know he picked the name at that moment right so yeah the cops arrive the room is essentially empty all there is is a single candlestick sitting on a copy of the origin of species and then we see that Essex is actually on a boat already long gone and, and safe from being captured. Sinister was also a theater kid because that was so dramatic. <laughs> Dude, the the early Sinister was very horror. The modern Sinister is a mix of horror and theater kid. No doubt. Okay. It is fucking... What was the Johnny Depp musical? Oh, yeah, about the barber. Yes. I... Some some musical friends are going to kill me, but I know what you're talking about. Yep, yep. If only I had the internet in front of me. Hang on. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, Sweeney Todd. It's, now, it, he, and now I have Murder Barber movie in my Google search history. That's why you're supposed to use a VPN. And if one <laughs> of them was sponsoring us, I would shout them out. Do us a favor and use code Cyclops IWFM pod in any VPN when you sign up and just let us know what happens. We get like a hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> We get like an email like a week from now. I was like, well, I don't know why, but we keep getting this coupon code. <laughs> system. Yep. Then we take like a really random cutaway, I guess, to tie it back to the original, original show. And 90s present day Xavier, Professor Xavier, wakes up in the dead of night because he had, this is a Professor Xavier thing. He had fallen asleep reading Origin of Species and that copy that was autographed by Darwin. Well, it was the one that his, his, father or grandfather whichever person it was left to him so yeah but i I just i love that that's your casual nighttime reading is an original copy like first edition signed by darwin origin of species Species, yeah yeah any of those details alone and then all together (laughs) the one that your family definitely passed the story along to you of whose book that was like that's not a oh i'm leaving this for my grandkid it's like wait what that's like that christopher walken story (laughs) what movie was it that he was talking about like he his grandfather had like saved this family heirloom watch in his butt through the war oh it's called death note wait what (laughs) i i legit don't know the movie you're talking about anyway or maybe i made that up once again i don't know what timeline it came from so death Um, note might be more accurate than what you were thinking of probably yeah that's pretty much the episode the only (laughs) the only two like things that i came out of this was like hey to from what i remember of graduation day and maybe i'll be wrong about this this does not lead into it at all so not like a real tie-in 
However, which the rumors which to also be clear, we, we we talk about that with last week's episode. There are certain things that get laid out but never resolved because the show is is over and they knew that it was coming to an end. But like Project Wide Awake is brought up for the first time in that episode and then never gets readdressed. I'm still disappointed that didn't pop up in Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater because you know we're really counting on that reference. <laughs> nope, that was out of order, Rod. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think we even addressed it in. Oh in, yes, you did. Yes, they <laughs> were, like, were like maybe that'll happen two weeks before this or whatever. But the other thing about this episode was based on the supposed like information we have now about ninety seven series and Sinister being a big bad or at least one of the big bads. This feels like a more appropriate end to this part of the series than. Because this left such stakes for Sinister that I feel like we kind of addressed in this show, but not to the level they raised it to from this, you know? Right. Now we have all these loose ends about, like, what the fuck happened to Rebecca? And, like, where were all those years between Sinister from London in the 1800s through when he tried to, like, you know, I don't know, do, like, genetic experimentation on Gene and Scott? You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff between that. I mean, he he made like you know he formed the Nasty Boys and he got the the cape to be even wilder and semi organic and such. You know, his outfit yeah. is organic too. Oh, oh yeah, that's right because it heals with him and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So he's no. walking around naked technically. <laughs> he's Donald Ducking it everywhere. No pants. Yep. <laughs> Donald Ducking. Once again, we'll see once we watch the last episode what I think, but I almost uh, would have rather this been like the end right uh, yeah but there's no way you could have that be the no. end imagine yeah. imagine if that was the last episode comic book stores would have been burned to the ground in 97 oh, yeah, yeah. for that yeah i mean it almost already was because how random these last few were like you, I, i'm kind of glad that i wasn't actively watching at this time because i can only imagine being like my favorite show coming to an end and then the last month almost completely never addresses the rest of the continuity right i mean <laughs> i that's, guess this one sort of did but that's that's more the executives kind of doing it because i have so much faith in eric and, and julia and the writers that were a part of this show that it was it was really people were making decisions that they just had to stick to because you know at the end of the day you're making a cartoon, somebody's paying for that to be produced. Mm-hmm. So if they're saying, you, if you don't do this, we're not going to pay for the friggin' show, you know? Yeah. And I think I said this about the last episode, too. This one, not so bad. If I think I would have preferred this episode, A, with the, the animation we're used to in it. Although it wasn't that bad this time around. Yeah, I feel like this was the B-team animation, not the C-team. And if it was like... And almost any other time in the timeline of the show airing. Right, like even seeing this before, maybe not the Phalanx episode because we had a little bit of a, you know, redemption of Sinister, but even if this was before Beyond Good and Evil, and it's like, oh, yeah, Sinister is a piece of shit. Here's a part of why he's a piece of shit. You know, I think I'd almost, if I was recommending to some friends who haven't watched this last season or the show at all, maybe even taking this like last batch of episodes still watching them in the fifth season but pushing them up to the start of the fifth season just so like more like the canonical stories are like kind of like satisfying together through the, i don't know i don't know <laughs> i i know there's a, the whole thing of like oh this is the order you're supposed to watch star wars in to make it make more so i'm like no just just i just, just keep it, it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the fucking script order is is the order i trust end yeah, of the yeah. day i trust the vision of whomever created the show mm-hmm. i get that instead of you know long shot popping in at weird intervals throughout that that didn't make sense you know <laughs> sinister was a lot better in this episode than i remembered him to be so i guess i'll give him that much credit yeah 
Otherwise, it's going to be way goofier. We got one episode left of the original X-Men 92. It's hard to believe. Are we confirmed on the guest yet? Or Not yet. Not Okay. <laughs> Because we don't know if the guest is going to be on that episode or the guest is going to be a standalone episode. So I don't want to announce it until it's formalized. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So we have- but know that we have more guests. And, and, and just for clarity, while Rod and I are figuring out exactly what we're going to do, the show isn't over. You know, we're, you know, there may be a week off or something like that, but we're still mm-hmm. going to do other X-Men content, most likely related to the shows or movies, though. Like, I'm not going to get Rod into reading comics weekly. That's <laughs> that's realistically just not going to happen, guys. I would actually love it. I just don't... I have a hard enough time remembering TV shows, let alone comics. You know, I'm the biggest Mortal Kombat fan. During lockdown, I read all the Mortal Kombat comic books. That was one of the things. I bought all of them and read them. I don't remember a single thing from them except, you know, death, but that's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But with the shows, I know you mentioned Evolution, which I'm totally down to watch. We still have to do Pride of the X-Men. I think my vote would be Pride of the X-Men next. But I guess maybe should we like poll listeners like what should be next? (laughs) I mean, let's let's make a separate post and and ask people that. And, you know, can you say something offensive on TikTok that gets people to engage with it? (laughs) Maybe. You know, the best part is I don't have to be offensive. People will just figure out things to be upset about. Even on my personal Instagram I reposted something from TikTok where I talked about how Dolly Parton once covered a Collective Soul song. That was so offensive to people. And it was, accu- it was, it was accurate. That's the best part. <laughs> even though it was a fact. They're like, how could you say it about Dolly? He's like, because she did it. Also, it was what was wrong with it? Like, <laughs> there's Pride of the X-Men. There's X-Men the anime. And then there's Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. And then the, the movies, potentially. I would love to not watch the movies, but I'm down. And... So I don't know. I guess, yeah, we'll have a poll up to see, you know, what maybe we should watch next. I, th- I think Pride it would be really funny, though, cause especially because you haven't seen it. I think, I mean, I think we're going to do Pride regardless. The question yeah. is just like, because the problem is Pride is only one episode. So it's got to be a, yeah. a special rather than, you know, I, I think the question we need to ask people is what series do we dive into next? And, yeah, and, yeah. and we'll list all those options. So it's Evolution, the anime for X-Men, the Wolverine anime, and then Wolverine and the X-Men. Those are our four options. I haven't watched any of those except for the anime. Even though I love the anime, I would venture to say that that would probably be the least interesting to cover because I loved it, but it's so slow. But that's part of the reason I loved it. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I mean, that'd be I thing to talk about. I think I I watched the first episode at 2 a.m. during lockdown one night. So I'm. I don't have anything preconceived with any of them. I do know that Evolution has lots of fans around it, and Wolverine and the X-Men has a lot of people who love it. So those are the ones I'm more excited for personally, but yeah, whatever whatever TikTok queue. tells us, we'll do. <laughs> yeah, I think it's dangerous. I think we'll put those in front of the queue just because I, I just know because of my taste that other people won't be interested in it. Because like, well, like Jules Verne's novels, right? Journey to the Center of the Earth. The exciting story that a lot of people think that they, they, they know and love is not the actual book. I love the book, but there's also like an entire chapter of just like the contents of what they packed on a horse. I thought it was fascinating. I know that the general public does not give a shit about that. So much to the fact that they cut that out of nearly every adaptation. <laughs> As they should. Yeah. So the anime, when they like spend long, drawn out amounts of time <laughs> doing certain things, I'm like, oh, this is great. But I know that whoever's watching with me is like, is this over yet? So I'm not sure if that'd be the most exciting thing to do commentary on, but I'm down for whatever. Like I said, I haven't watched it in years, so who knows? I might be remembering it wrong. We'll get through it all eventually, I'm sure. But yeah, Evolution sounds cool. I'm not familiar with the Wolverine one, so... It's just the the one that ended about a decade ago. That's all I know. Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah, the there, I mean, there has not <laughs> been. I think we looked it up on a previous recording. There has not been a show since 2011. I want to say. Yeah, I, I think like I had this realization because as long niece, as you and I have both been in Los Angeles, there has not been a new X Men cartoon. Yeah, and my you know my niece, she's not quite 10. I just realized like her whole generation and some kids even earlier older than her they grew up with no x-men really which is bullshit as wild because you know like x-men was our thing they grew up with avengers you know a team or whatever and and they've also had because of the movies really great avengers cartoons too yeah so oh you know what let's also throw in the list like you guys want to see the spider-man episodes that have the x-men in it sure let's fucking throw those as one-offs too that'd be great Yeah. yeah i'm down there's like a whole Secret Wars episode, so Rod can have that movie spoiled for him. I think I know some of it. I don't know. I I was so confused. Like, the good news is all the different comic universes are so convoluted that it <laughs> it's very true. different. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, iHeartRadio. Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Castbox. We got one more of this show, of this series. Uh, I'm going to go make mac and cheese.